Hello and welcome to Global Digital Futures podcast brought to you by the SOAS Coding Club. I'm your host, Chipoma Pondera, and you're listening to SOAS Radio. This week, we are speaking to the esteemed journalist Veronica Pedrosa on media spectacle and democracy in the Philippines. Veronica is an award-winning presenter with experience in news reporting, production, and presenting. As a journalist, she has worked at Al Jazeera English, CNN International, BBC World News, and BBC World Service. With her deep knowledge about global issues, Veronica has been invited to moderate panel discussions by the United Nations, the Red Cross Movement, and the European Union. She is also an experienced communications consultant for humanitarian organizations in emergency situations. Hello, Veronica. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Chipo. It's a pleasure. Could you start by briefly telling us about the television network ABS-CBN in the Philippines and their influence in broadcasting there? Well, ABS-CBN is something of a national institution. It's been broadcasting since after the war. In the 40s, it was set up by the patriarch of what is often called an oligarchical family, the Lopez family. And it was very influential throughout its years of broadcasting, so much so that in 1972, when the former dictator Ferdinand Marcos declared martial law, within two days, it was shut down by him. And the owners of the network at the time were imprisoned. Ferdinand Marcos was a political rival of the Lopez family. The Lopez patriarch had, in fact, run in an election against the Marcoses. So it's a very clear sort of political rivalry that was going on there. And it has continued to this day, even though Marcos was overthrown in 1986. His allies have remained active in politics, including his widow, Imelda, and his children. And, well, it's an open secret that they have bankrolled the current president to a certain extent, the current president being Rodrigo Duterte, of course. And when Rodrigo Duterte was campaigning, he made it very clear that he was going to go up against the owners of ABS-CBN once again. So the events of the last um, few years since Duterte was elected have been something of a reiteration of the rivalry that was being played out in the 70s between Marcos and the patriarch of the Lopez family. But it was it's being played out by a new generation of politicians. Right. So ABS-CBN is the largest media company in the country and the first and oldest television broadcaster in Southeast Asia. How is it possible then that they have been refused a license? They're such a powerful national organization, as you said. What has arisen that they were refused a license now? It's been a real shock. You're absolutely right. It's an, in a really great institution. Its programs are known around the country, which, as you know, is a, it's an archipelago with very different sort of decentralized interests, according to the different islands. There are 
7,600 islands. There are lots of different languages, lots of different dialects. And what happens in Manila, the capital, is often of very little relevance to people in the other islands. So an institution like ABS-CBN was something of a uniting force in terms of the culture of the country. And I think that's part of the reason why it was seen as something of, you know, a serious threat to the ambitions of whoever is in power. They want to get ABS-CBN and other networks on side, as it were. It's owned something like 30 to 40 percent of market share since it started broadcasting again post-martial law in 1986. So, yes, as you say, the reason I think that its renewal has not been approved by the Congress is precisely because of that long political rivalry. It's a bit like one of the uh, soap operas that ABS-CBN likes to broadcast so much because it was kind of going back and forth between congressmen and the Lopez family and the National Telecommunications Commission and, you know, all these different regulators. The attorney general was getting involved and there were lots of different bills that were filed by different congressmen in 2019 when I think you saw obtain numbers of bills trying to renew the franchise being filed and it just kept getting delayed. Finally, this year, in the 18th session of Congress, the renewal was addressed in Congress and it became a matter of national interest. And there were various issues that were brought up against ABS-CBN. For example, the ad controversies during the 2016 Philippine presidential campaign. The incumbent president, Rodrigo Duterte, has accused ABS-CBN of refusing to run his election campaign and favoured negative political ads paid by his rival at the time. Since then, the network's president has apologised, but in the kind of bear pit of Philippine politics, this was you know, a very major mistake, as it were, by the Lopez's in terms of sort of political strategy. They came out and they were very, very clear that they were against, on political terms, Rodrigo Duterte. So this went to a level that was beyond the playing field, as it were, of commercial interests, if you see what I mean, beyond sort of the national culture or the national society. It became a political bear fight between the oligarchs, the Lopez's, and the Duterte's, backed by the Marcuses on the other side. And Duterte has a majority in Congress. So when the franchise renewal came up, in Congress uh, in May this year, a lot of congressmen who were presumed to be voting for the Lopez's at the last minute switched sides. So it's extremely dramatic. That's really interesting when you're touching on the sort of back and forth and the political fights and how those have played out. And I'm quite interested in going into how that has played out in the media and how this issue has been mediated to the public and globally. So firstly, what relationship does this issue have to do with freedom of expression? I think it's very important in the context of freedom of expression. Look, the Philippines is known on one hand for having an extremely vibrant media scene especially in the context of the region. But on the other hand, it is also known for 
having a lot of threats to journalists. So there's this constant fight between the various media outlets, which are online, on social media, networks like ABS, CBN, and newspapers, which are suffering the same sort of um, challenges that media and news and journalism are facing all around the world because of you know, the information that's available on the internet. Beyond that, there is also underneath a battle between vested political interests. And people like Duterte, people like the Lopezes, on a very local level, you often hear stories about radio journalists out in provinces far away from Manila who are getting gunned down in the street because perhaps they've written a story that is critical of the local landlord or the local politician. There is quite a lot of that that happens. So you have this incredibly dramatic and violent clash between ideas like freedom of expression, which Filipinos have historically used to challenge politicians and bring them to account to make sure that politicians work in the interests of the public. People know what their rights are and they are willing to fight for them. And so do journalists. Nevertheless, you get dreadful, historically appalling incidents like what happened in 2009 in Mindanao when the largest number of journalists in international history were gunned down in one single ambush. This did not happen in Iraq or Afghanistan or, you know, all of these war zones that we know around the world. It happened in the Philippines, which is supposed to be a thriving democracy that has instituted freedom of expression, freedom of the press, freedom of uh, religious expression, etc., in its constitution. So when ABS-CBN's franchise renewal started bubbling up, it's quite rightly seen as a threat to freedom of expression because you have an enormously influential institution that has indeed brought politicians to account, including the president, in particular for his so-called war on drugs, in which there have been thousands upon thousands of extrajudicial killings. They've not been shy about putting that forward. They've been deeply critical of that, as have many other media institutions and journalists. However, what's happened with ABS-CBN is that is that extra layer that I referred to earlier of a long-time historical political rivalry. And that extra layer has put a sort of target on the forehead of ABS-CBN. So, you know, while ABS-CBN, without doubt, was an institution that bolstered freedom of expression, they were also very clearly opposed to the administration. So in a way, there was an abuse of freedom of expression because journalism is supposed to be impartial. And that, I think, certainly was not the case. It was very clear that the Lopez's were very uh, pro-Duterte's opponents. But in my personal experience as well, I I would say that, you know, the the Lopez family would definitely going to put their own interests first, both commercially and politically. You paint a complex picture there. And as you said, you know, it's very multi-layered. And I think it's really interesting that there's the freedom of expression side, which might be critical of the government. But as you have sort of described, it's really important to not overshadow 
the fact that this organization does have this oligarchic power and also that it's a media organization. So they are in the business of mediatizing and creating a spectacle around whichever issues, as you said, might um, promote or limit their power. I find it quite interesting as well because, you know, I was just watching some reports on this issue and one European network was sort of analysing the social media likes, clicks, mentions, hashtags. And somehow it seems now that actually there needs to be a spectacle, a furor around news to sort of cut through and get the story out there, I suppose. So what has this meant for the network? How has it been affected? What is this going to mean for the internal company structure? That's a really good question. I think that all in all, the Lopez family and ABS-CBN, the network, have not come out of this too badly. There has been an extraordinary spectacle surrounding the shutdown of ABS-CBN, and that was predictable. ABS-CBN itself has played to that. I'm still in touch and close friends with the people that I worked with at ABS-CBN all those years ago because we went through a lot of hard times together. You know, I was working there in the years quite soon after the end of martial law when ABS-CBN was in the middle of trying to build itself up. And the person who is now the head of ABS-CBN News and Public Affairs, Jing Reyes, at the time was my producer and we just would run little shows with a really kind of raggedy mob. <laughs> there was just three of us, for example, producing one show for very little money. It was really production on a shoestring, but we would do it and we'd work late into to the night. So, you know, there's this kind of feeling of comradeship with all those people. And on social media, there were a lot of tears, a lot of emojis of hearts and etc. You could see um, video and photos of my former colleagues lighting candles outside ABS-CBN, people literally crying and writing about ABS-CBN as if they were, well, they are a national institution, but in, in an extremely sort of sentimental way. Like one of their taglines is, in the service of the Filipino. So there's something, there's a merging of what it means to be Filipino and defending ABS-CBN. You know, I, I count myself a bit separate because I've built myself a career outside of ABS-CBN. So I feel that it's quite dangerous, actually, that there's that link. I don't feel that freedom of expression should come with a corporate logo, but that's exactly what's been happening in the coverage, in the spectacle, as you describe it, of the failure to renew the license or franchise of ABS-CBN. And it's gone to some extremes. For example, um, a correspondent in one of the provinces in the Philippines, in the province, in fact, that was struck by Typhoon Haiyan, one of the strongest typhoons ever to have hit the Philippines, and it it destroyed a whole region. It it reached international news. It was so so bad and so destructive. And this journalist said, what's happened to ABS-CBN for me was worse than Typhoon Haiyan, which is patently ridiculous. Of course it isn't. There were billions of dollars of damage. 
Um, millions of people's livelihood was affected. Thousands of people were killed. It really doesn't compare. And yet in the sort of national mainstream imagination, that was the kind of narrative that was being projected. So all in all, in terms of the sort of narrative surrounding the issue, I don't actually think that ABS-CBN has come out too badly. There's been a real outpouring of sentiment sympathetic to ABS-CBN, which has successfully managed to convey an image of being the underdog in these circumstances, which to me, it patently isn't. They are, you know, a multi-million dollar enterprise. And given the current kind of social, economic, political environment, what with COVID-19, and the reshaping of the media landscape, the information landscape because of you know, social media, the internet, et cetera, it may in the end prove to be a rather strategic retreat on the part of ABS-CBN to have bowed to the will of Congress and accepted its situation and not having its franchise renewed. There's no chance that people in the Philippines are going to forget about ABS-CBN and its legacy. In the meantime, it saves money by closing down this network and letting go thousands of its employees. And, you know, it may be able to strategically return in another guise later on once all of these threats to the economy and the world recession have blown over. It is still able to broadcast and shape public opinion through other media outlets. It still has an online presence. It still has a cable presence. And that is not going to go away. So in the end, if you evaluate things, while this is a blow to freedom of expression and to the amount of information that is available to the ordinary Filipino, ABS-CBN itself may not have come out too badly. So you have mentioned that the station was previously, or the network was previously shut down by President Ferdinand Marcos when he declared martial law in 1972. I just wanted to ask how this situation compares to when they were shut down then, purely focusing on how it's been mediated and the global outcry. Are there some similarities or new phenomena that have arisen just because of how media has changed? So when ABS-CBN was shut down previously, it was really quite a different media landscape and really quite a different political landscape as well. In 1972, sorry, I can't remember how many networks there were, but there was maybe two or three. You know, you didn't have this like outpouring of social media and connectivity between citizens in the same way that you have now. There are contrasts and there are similarities between what happened then and what's happening now. So that in the public imagination, it's a very dark reminder of those martial law days, because as things played out after ABS-CBN was shut down in 1972, there were severe restrictions on individual freedoms. And there is a real fear that the Philippines is about to enter a similar regime 
now that Duterte has done the same thing to the Lopez family in 2020. In some ways, the situation is really quite different, but in other ways, there is that stark reminder of what's happened before. So just as a final question, we've spoken about the two sides that are at play here, politics and media organisations, or just the media, really. And I think probably the big issue about creating a spectacle around things that affect civil society is that perhaps there's a risk of people being distracted by the spectacle and further depoliticized or the issue just ends up contributing to an infotainment view of society. Would you say that with this issue and how it's been spoken about and questions about freedom of expression, is there a true possibility of political or media reform in this case? Or is it just quite a distracting back and forth in the media? You know, I'm quite optimistic. I've worked with so many amazing journalists in the Philippines. They're really serious people who take serious personal risk to bring into the light issues that other people would rather remain in the dark. And these are traditional journalism values as opposed by people like, you know, George Orwell, who said, you know, journalism should be about something that somebody doesn't want you to say everything else is PR. And there is a lot of that that goes on in the Philippines. And there are some really clever, serious people who are practicing it. So I hold out hope that those people who are serious journalists, who are trying to build up, strengthen journalism as an institution, as opposed to commercial media interests, I'm hoping that that will continue to be strong. And I have full faith that it will, just because of the actual people that I know at the grassroots who want to bring out these issues that are so important for ordinary people who don't have a voice in Philippine society. On the other hand, you are quite right that there is a real threat, that there is a sort of a spectacle that is being made that doesn't speak to the serious reforms that are needed in Philippine society. But if that is the case, then ABS-CBN and other networks like it have some responsibility to shoulder there because they themselves are purveyors of these spectacles that have not led to reforms. Make no mistake, ABS-CBN and the like are the very institutions in the mainstream of the political narrative that shape public opinion, that want to create these spectacles, that have worked to bolster and maintain the way that the political dialogue, the bear fights in the political life of the country have played out. So perhaps this will be something of a lesson to people who are watching this carefully and seeing beneath the spectacle that there is a serious need for reform, that what is happening to the Philippine people is not just a spectacle. You know, there are some allegations that as many as 20,000 people have been killed 
in the Duterte so-called war on drugs, but what you, which is really, you know, just a campaign of extrajudicial killings that have simply gone to undermine the rule of law and the judiciary in the country. It is absolutely appalling and disgusting. And the way that it's been covered has been in such a way that there, a spectacle has been made of it in the same way that a spectacle is made of so many different events in the Philippines. But nobody has been brought to account. It is a really extraordinary situation that it's very difficult to make sense of as an outsider, but also even as an insider. So you just have to be very clear, I think, when you look at these um, different interests that are going on about the kind of different levels. You have your spectacle, you have the political level, and you have this commercial level. And all in all, where do the 100 million ordinary Filipinos, those 100 million stakeholders, where do they stand? What is working to their benefits? And I'm afraid to say at the end of all of this, they're the losers. Thank you so much, Veronica. You've given us really in-depth insights and a lot of questions that we can ask um, going forward. Thank you. You're very welcome. For our listeners, to discover more about this topic, you can access the following resources available in the show notes on our website. Discover Veronica's work on her website and follow Veronica on Twitter at vpedrosa. Watch Veronica as the correspondent in the Al Jazeera special report, Imelda and Me, that's on YouTube, and find out more about ABS-CBN on their website. And you can learn more about the political nature of this issue in the article, What's Next for the Philippines ABS-CBN, the network that fell afoul of Duterte. That's from SCMP. And learn how the issue has been mediated on social media in the Euronews video, Philippine lawmakers vote against renewal of top broadcaster ABS-CBN. And you can read about the Lopez's rise and fall in the Manila Standard article and read about the Lopez matriarch, Conchita Lopez-Taylor, and how she weighs in on the issue in the article, Philippines ABS-CBN shutdown. TV network did not attack Duterte, Lopez Matriarch says, and that's from SCMP. Learn more about how broadcast journalists have previously run for office in the Philippines in the article, Journalists as Politicians, the Power of the Broadcast Media in the Philippines. Finally, two articles from Article 19 on freedom of press in the Philippines. The first is Philippines, Maria Ressa conviction is an attack on press freedom. And the second article, Hold the Line campaign, launched in support of Maria Ressa and independent media in the Philippines. You can find us online at www.SOAS Coding Club. Follow us on Facebook at SOAS Coding Club, on Twitter at SOAS Coding Club. And we broadcast every two weeks. So tune in to discover what's to come in your global digital futures.